Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Guys Without Helmets. Another crazy week of action in the NFL Week 7. Had some ups and downs, uh, some predictable stuff that we forecasted, and uh, some very wacky stuff in the Monday night game. But we'll get there. Let's start off by just talking about our Thursday night game. Uh, New Orleans Saints visited the Arizona Cardinals. That one was wacky, too. Yeah, we finally saw DeAndre Hopkins emerge, come back from his suspension. Yeah. Uh, over 100 yards, 10-plus targets, clearly number one here with Hollywood Brown out. We also saw Andy Dalton still continue to be the starter for the Saints. It is announced today as well that he is also going to be starting over Jameis Winston uh, going forward. So Jameis Winston essentially benched. He's still relatively injured from the ACL as well as nerve damage in his back. Not really a quick recovery for him, but if he had to play, he could play. But in this game, Andy Dalton threw three picks. Uh, the, the Arizona defense played very well, uh, considering they only uh, they put up 34 points, the Saint offense, that is. Um, but they had pick sixes. Andy Dalton didn't play super well, but once again, holds on to the job. It looks like a case where if Andy held on to the football a little bit, this would have gone the other way. Yeah, and in one, I mean, he throws... He he throws lasers at short on short passes for whatever reason. So I mean, he has a lot of drops close to him, and that was one of the problems when he threw to Marquez Callaway in this game, a forced interception. The other one was just his fault trying to make points towards the end of the half. I mean, in fairness, he came into the season as a backup, and is probably just now getting. You know, think of the old preseason adage of four games. So yeah, I mean, it doesn't help that your number one receiver, while he's playing good, Chris Olave. Yeah, he your number one receiver is a rookie, Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry, both out. Um, Adam Troutman out as well. Alvin Kamara has no touchdowns even going forward. I mean, seven weeks. What's up with that? I don't know. I mean, Taysom Hill sniping everything. <laughs> Taysom Hill, yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't think – I think this puts a Band-Aid on the coaching situation with his relationship. They're obviously still very tumultuous, those two not getting along very well. Uh, but Arizona squeaks out the win. Yeah. I mean, Arizona – once again, allowed 34 points in this game, but they looked like the better team. And going forward, hopefully looking like a better team. I had like last year with DeAndre Hopkins. So, Yeah, uh, no surprise, we got a game. And the Browns continue to play good football despite not having their starting quarterback. People forget that. So they lose to the Ravens, who again almost lost the big yeah, lead. they do end up choking a lot of these games. They do squeak out a win here with three points over the Browns. I mean, the biggest problem, you could say, for the Browns, they're playing pretty good on offense, as you said. Jacoby Brissett's kind of killed them at the last final moments in a couple of these games. So I think it'd be really curious what to see what this record would look like if Deshaun Watson was playing this season so far. They could be leading the division, arguably, above the Bengals and the Ravens right now. Yeah, and my fear is he comes back with a little too much rust to get them going. But they need to uh, they need to pick it up because, as we said before, that division is right there fighting uh, within a couple games of each other. Yeah, and so. I, I wonder, coming back from practice after week 10, I think it is, he goes and plays against the Houston Texans on his way back. <laughs> his old team. Do they remain with Jacoby Brissett, just, even if he is rusty, or do you think they just throw him in there to get the rust off? We'll just, I guess we'll see what their record is at that point. But Nick Chubb still continuing to be the RB1 so far this year. Ravens pretty flat with uh, Mark Andrews. I think he only had four yards. They only threw like 15, 16 times in this game. They were talking about it at the post-game uh, press conference with Lamar Jackson. They were asking him what happened in the receiving game. He said, well, we didn't throw that much. So going forward, we'll really see. They've been pretty light in the receiving core all year. Uh, Rashad Bateman, as well as Mark Andrews, kind of questionable going forward in this Thursday night game. And uh, we'll finally get to see Charlie Kohler, the rookie tight end, come back. He had a sports hernia surgery going into the season, and he's just now coming back. So he could put could potentially play if Mark Andrews misses any time. Yeah, and interesting enough, Carolina is definitely active. That's our next game we want to talk about. The Buccaneers absolutely look like trash. 3-21, to 21, Carolina wins. Looks like the formula is fire your head coach, 
get a guy from the XFL to play quarterback, and boom, you could beat Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, I, the Bucks just look bad, obviously. Only three points. They haven't really had many points in any of these games. I know week one, I mean, the, the, the Cowboys didn't play very well in that game. Dak right. Prescott obviously got hurt. But they, they barely beat the Cowboys even then in a beat-up situation for the Cowboys there. So every single week it's been the same for them. They just It looks worse and worse every single week, every single time with how the offense is playing. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are getting targeted a bunch still. Uh, but despite that, they're not scoring, not putting up over 100 yards, anything like that, in splash weeks. So their offense has been pretty pretty bad, and we'll see if that changes at all. I know there's a lot of pressure on the offensive line. They've been injured uh, all throughout the season, especially even going into the season. A couple of guys retired. So that's been a, a tough spot for them on offense. And defense, you're not seeing a ton of pressure from Joe Tryon or Shaq Barrett. We saw a little bit more in this game, but not even remotely enough comparable to the last two seasons with them on the defensive line. Yeah, it's definitely a wait and see. We know that there's other players, we're going to talk about that in a minute, that are uh, going to be dealt from this team, other than McCaffrey and Robbie. and uh, So for sure, there's some players that are going to be on the market. Yeah, and Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard really held up the running back room pretty well with Christian McCaffrey gone. Veteran uh, 145 yards, I think, for Deontay Foreman. Mm-hmm. Uh, scoring uh, close to 100 yards, I think, for Chuba Hubbard as well in this game. So they played pretty well. DJ Moore, we saw, finally do something. Uh, Robbie Anderson's moved on, so Terrace Marshall, the draft pick from Matt Rule's staff, getting a little bit of playing time. He had a couple of drops, one or two drops in this game, but hopefully for all the guys that are truthers for this LSU team, for all of them to be good from the receiving core, hopefully he can get some big role going forward. Speaking of LSU, the Bengals, no surprise, took care of the Atlanta Falcons, 35-17. Uh, the Cowboys took care of the Lions, who have run out of gas completely, 24-6. to now, I want to stop on the Giants-Jags because the Giants are able to beat the Jags. The Jags look like a team that's trying to emerge but can't get the wins. I think that the Giants, however, are a team that haven't faced a ton of good teams yet. In fact, the 23-17 win was hard fought, and they're winning in spite of some of the mistakes that they have. But is are the Giants good, and is the Jacksonville Jaguars a measure they beat the Jaguars 23-17? Yeah, I mean, they're obviously a good Giants team. Maybe not... As you said, the schedule hasn't been insanely difficult. I mean, right. this, these are the pl- teams that they played. They only lost to Dallas with Cooper Rush, which arguably could have been a win, could have been a win with them, obviously with Cooper Rush right. being the starting quarterback. But Tennessee, Carolina, Dallas, Chicago, Green Bay, they squeaked out that one. Uh, Baltimore, obviously. But Jacksonville, going forward, they have Seattle, Houston, Detroit all in a row. Dallas, once again, and Washington, Philly, Washington, Minnesota, Indianapolis. It doesn't get really difficult for them. No. They don't play a no. top team, as in the Bills, Chiefs, and so forth. Uh, they could take away with the division, obviously, with how they're doing right now and with how the schedule is the next three weeks, Seattle, Houston, Detroit. They could be top of the league with the, how the record stands in a couple of weeks as well. Yeah, the Eagles and Giants, and I'd have to look at the Cowboys' schedule. Um, I don't know that it's quite as soft, but the Eagles and Giants need to take advantage of their schedule for sure and should well do that. Speaking of the uh, NFC East, this game against Green Bay and Washington, Aaron Rodgers is now going public uh, about his, uh, what did he say, the Bills are going to expose them. I think they were already been exposed. They lose yeah. 21-23 in Washington to the Commanders. Yeah, obviously the problem with this team the last couple of seasons, they've every fan for the Packers, everyone in the media especially, has been screeching for them to get a weapon in this offense. Aside from Devontae Adams, now Devontae Adams is gone. I mean, even players like... Cook, Jared Cook, they lost a couple of years ago. They never really got a replacement for him. They just kind of got lucky one season with Tunyon. But they have a bunch of rookies out there. Randall Cobb, even the guy that he wanted back last year with the amount of depth they had last year, is now injured. 
They're rolling out Amari Rodgers they got last year, Romeo Dubs, who was a later-round rookie receiver, uh, Samurai Ture, and as well as Christian Watson, who they got in the second round. He's not been good at all, but he's been injured the last couple of games. So he's really playing with guys that shouldn't even be playing across the board in the receiving core. Robert Tunyon's coming back from a torn ACL. The running backs aren't performing consistently, and I know a lot of pressure is on them, obviously. Aaron Jones has really looked like their best wide receiver, but the combination (laughs) of A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones consistently consistently throughout the year has just not been very reliant. But they let a Washington football team with hobbled defense and a backup quarterback have their way with them. Aaron Rodgers calls out his teammates, basically saying the guys that aren't producing need to be sat. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's a lot. That's everyone that's starting right now is the problem. But is it the quarterback's job to call everybody out like that? I mean, that's a little uncouth. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else you can do to really get the production out of those guys. I know they have Sammy Watkins coming back, and that's probably going to help them out a lot more with the receiving game than what it's looked like the last couple of weeks. But they really need to be a team that's looking for a wide receiver. Yeah. The, uh, there's rumors about them trying to look for guys that are still on their remaining rookie contracts. So guys like potentially Jerry Judy with his ties, Hackett, to the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, Elijah Moore, who we knew had uh, asked for a trade, basically, from the New York Jets last week. Um, and the ties there as well, the LaFleur brother, OC for the Jets. Uh, Matt LaFleur, head coach for the Green Bay Packers. There's an obvious connection there as well. So we'll see if they get one of those guys. Uh, people have always been rumoring for them to get Brandon Ayuk or someone like that. But right. we can't go three, four years now without them adding someone. I know, <laughs> I know they no. like Christian Watson, but it's evident now that he's just not a true number one or true number two receiver. Yeah, they need to make a splash for sure. A division rivalry, uh, Colts and Titans. Uh, Colts lose 10-19. to 19. Both running backs seem to be healthy and in play in this game. No surprise when it's a division rival at home who can pull that win out. Yeah, the biggest thing from this is we had a shoulder injury, I believe, from Matt Ryan coming out of this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is no longer the starting quarterback for the Colts. This is kind of like a desperation move for this coaching staff, in my opinion. Yeah, Maybe same. not Chris Ballard, the general manager, but Frank Reich. They've had uh, There was a list that people put out. Uh, specifically about all of the quarterbacks that have played with Frank Reich. Um, I think it is Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, Brian Hoyer, Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, and now Sam Ellinger are the quarterbacks with Frank Reich since 2018. That's the been the obvious focus for this team the last couple of years since 2018 is trying to get a franchise guy in there. Philip Rivers played well. Carson Wentz played pretty well. They moved on from him pre- relatively quickly in one season. So going forward, we'll see if Sam Ellinger is going to be their future. He was a six-round pick two years ago from Texas. Uh, what we're hearing is this kind of like a Jim Ursay's call for him to push forward because Matt Ryan's been playing pretty bad. I know they gave, what, a second-round pick. They're paying yeah. him 15 yeah. to 25 mil on the bench. Uh, we'll see going forward, but Sam Ellinger to be the starter here. Matt Ryan, I think he has, what, nine fumbles? Nine, rough nine interceptions. He's yeah. close to 20 turnovers, not even in 10 games. So They should have stuck with Wentz. Yeah. Uh, we said at the beginning of the year that the Houston Texans would be a handful. Uh, it looked like early in this game that they would be able to be a handful, and then uh, the Raiders pulled away. They, the Raiders win 28, I'm sorry, 38-20 over the Texans. Yeah, these have been relatively bad defenses. Yeah. Um, the, the Texans have just been getting run on every single week, and it's not going to change going forward against, I believe, Derrick Henry this upcoming week. You look at the fantasy points given up to the Texans, or the Texans have allowed this season. Last week, or this week, sorry, the one that we're talking about, the Raiders, okay, Josh Jacobs had, what, 35 fantasy points. Austin Eckler, if you remember, a couple of weeks ago had 30. Once again, Khalil Herbert, I believe, had 30 points. Jonathan Taylor, to start off the season, had 27 and a half, I believe. This is just a bad running game, and then the secondary for the Raiders is just done. Nate Hobbs is out, yeah. and I, I'm surprised the Texans couldn't score a lot more. Davis Mills had a pretty good game. 
But this is really looking forward as how we talked about the Seahawks and the Falcons are probably one of the bottom teams in this league uh, going forward into the draft next year. Looks like the Texans probably will get a chance to move on from Davis Mills if they want to with how high their draft pick is likely going to be. A couple games that I think were no surprises. The Broncos did not have Russell Wilson starting, so the Jets were able to get the win 16-9. to Yeah, biggest thing from this game, obviously there's never a high-scoring game with the Broncos <laughs> no. so far this season. Sadly, maybe that changes with how their schedule opens up, but the biggest mm-hmm. thing was Brees Hall. He's going to be missing the rest of the season. Torn ACL, damage to the meniscus. It could be a little bit longer into the next season. He might not be ready for week one with the additional injury to his knee. Uh, we'll see how this Jets team operates going forward. I mean, this has been a terrible passing game. Yeah. One of the reasons why Elijah Moore is asked to likely be moved from this team. I mean, you have Garrett Wilson. Shame. first. He's a top 10 pick. He was pick 10. Right. Elijah Moore, he was pick, what, 33, 34, something like that. And the year before that, they have a ton of talent on this team. It's just the passing game. Don't know how to use them with with Zach Wilson right now. He's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league in terms of quarterback rating over the last two years. I think the only person worse than him is Cam Newton, who is a guy who got benched. Yeah, Yeah. he's a guy who got benched obviously last year. So he's just been bottom tier in terms of quarterback play in the NFL across the board. Um, If he doesn't step up, I mean, you look at how they're going right now. There's a real chance that if he is not doing well when they have seven, eight wins potentially, Joe Flacco could be a guy that steps in and try, probably brings this team into the playoffs moving forward and Zach Wilson might be done. I mean, that's a little bit of speculation. It's wishful but, thinking. That's yeah. wishful thinking. But if they're doing that well despite or in spite of Zach Wilson, then there's a chance that he could be moved on during the season, I think. Yeah, the other game I said was no surprise. The Dolphins at home beat Pittsburgh. It was entertaining. I'll give it that. And we've learned that the Miami Dolphins are 4-0 in games that Tua Tungavailoa doesn't die in. Yeah. So if he can remain alive, they tend to be winning, which is no surprise. Yeah, and they I mean, they gave the Steelers every chance to come back in they this did. game. I mean, they, the whole second half, the score basically didn't change. Right. I believe this is the first receiving touchdown from a wide receiver on the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, because I think Chase Claypool is a rushing touchdown, something like that, and Fryermuth has the other one. But wide receiver, George Pickens, the rookie, gets his first touchdown for the wide receiver group on the Steelers. This was just a bad game, in my opinion. I think that the highlight of this game was Jalen Phillips, edge rusher for the Dolphins, finally emerging, showing his worth being a first-round pick last year. He really looks like he could be have the upside to be a top edge rusher in the league, right. so I think that's something to look forward for for the Dolphins as well. Javon Holland, who kind of sealed the game for them with the interception at the end. Yeah, that was it was entertaining despite the score, and we, we again, kudos to the Steelers for somehow, even though their record doesn't show it, they're in most of these ball games, or at least making it fun to watch. A game that was, I think, a shocker for everybody because the Geno Smith saga just keeps on going. <laughs> I went back and looked at old highlights of the guy, and uh, he's definitely got a dime in his arsenal to drop. For sure. And he's dropping them. Uh, I guess the big question will be the loss of DK Metcalf, although they essentially have two number ones with Tyler Lockett there. Yeah. Um, so they're in good shape there, but they beat Herbert and the boys, which just keep finding ways to lose. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the expectations overall for the Seahawks, we'll talk about this every week basically, mm-hmm. is everyone expected them to be a bottom, mm-hmm. lower tier team in the NFL this year, probably going to be in co- contention for the number one pick. And maybe that continues throughout the season. It is still relatively early, although they are still leading the uh, NFC West right now above the Rams and the Niners. Um, yeah, I just we'll see how they do without DK Metcalf. They've been overly efficient, very efficient in terms of how everyone else has been throughout the season. So we'll see if that continues with Metcalf. Uh, I, just Geno Smith, I think the thing is, is he's never had weapons like this in his mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. on the Jets or anywhere else that he's played with the Giants that one year. Uh, it's just been it's been a different season for him. He's never looked like this, in my opinion, when I've previously watched him, especially even in college. 
He just never looked like this. He's never had stats like this. We covered this before the season. Is he only has like seven games with two or plus two or more touchdowns in a game or something like that. Right. And he started for several years on the Jets. So this is obviously his best season. This is a different Geno Smith. We'll see if they can continue going forward. But the Chargers just continue to be a very beatable team with Brandon Staley. And I think that needs to be something in question for this team moving forward. Is Brandon Staley really your guy? Because there is we I think we give him too much for what he's doing with how many situations he's going for on fourth down and what so forth. It's just been a situation that's kind of in question for me with all these losses, especially to the Seahawks, who are a very beatable defense. Yeah, no Legion of Boom there. A game that I think is no surprise. We talked about this off-air a lot. The Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers, they brought in Christian McCaffrey. No doubt their run game is going to be balanced. They're going to have weapons. This team has a great offense. They're a good team. But I think we've said this early on, and we're going to continue to say it. Chiefs win 44-23. Chiefs and Bills are just in a different league than everybody else right now, period. And those two teams are going to be rivals for a long time with their young quarterbacks. Excuse me, but am I right or wrong that the Chiefs, even though the 49ers are great and maybe the best that the NFC is going to have to offer, head and shoulders, Chiefs, Bills above the rest of the teams? Uh, Yeah, for sure. And I think the 49ers, in my opinion, are a top team this season, especially with the addition of now Christian McCaffrey to that backfield to get Elijah Mitchell in as the number two back here after um, he's off of IR from his knee injury in week one. But the Chiefs, they just continue to dominate with just essentially Travis Kelsey. He's making the most out of, or Pat Mahomes, that is, is making the most out of having Juju, MVS, and Mecole Hardman. Um, This was a great game for Mecole, three touchdowns, but you really see the difference in offense between these two teams. I mean, despite them even being both potentially top five teams this year. Yeah, and the final game that we want to mention was the Monday night game, of course. 33-14, Chicago Bears beat New England. A wacky start in that Mac Jones is healthy and comes out. And then every time he came on the field, the camera kept panning over to Zappi, who was pretty much warming up for every drive. Of course, we know that um, Mac Jones goes out and has a, has a rough go, throws a pick, and he's immediately benched. It looks like Zappi is, this is the old Brady Bledsoe. Zappi comes in, two touchdowns, scoring drives, but then he pretty much fell off the rest of the game. And now we hear uh, recently in the news that 90% of the snaps this week have been taken by Mac Jones and they plan on starting yep. Here's the controversy. It's not a quarterback country. Bill claims that he was going to coach, the ball coach said, he was going to switch these guys around that game. That's an unorthodox approach. Yeah, I, I mean, I've never heard anybody talk about it like that, but obviously we know the <laughs> Phil Sims, the hot Stetler yeah. thing with Bill uh, Parcells and Bill Belichick yeah. on that team. But I don't know. I mean, they said he's cleared to play. He, he started the se- or started the game looks off, fine. I think, three series, as you said, through the interception on the last one. I mean, it looked like in the second series he basically talked to him on the sideline, and Mac Jones is pretty, relatively mad. Said I'm out. Yeah, and then the next drive, obviously, the interception. But this is just not a great Patriots team, obviously, with the situation going on right now. Uh, there's a lot of tension on their right, wide receiver group right now. Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne are two potential trade targets for other teams, free up some cap space for them going forward. Uh, potentially Damian Harris. He was essentially by far and away the number two back in this game. I know he's coming off of injury as well, but he didn't do anything. I think he had 10 or 20 yards. You had a fantasy matchup where he needed 30, and you won by a point there. But, um, yeah, unbelievable. The, I think the Bears, the best thing about this game, because there's not much to talk about with the quarterback situation of the New England Patriots. We've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks. Bailey Zappi is a raw prospect. He really had one season in D1, uh, broke the touchdown record, and he's a, he's a very moldable guy for Bill Belichick in the future if he has or wants to move on to him 
uh, going forward. But Mac Jones is the guy right now, at least for his rookie contract, unless for some situation they want to trade and get away from him if if, if uh, Bailey Zappi really separates himself. But that's not going to happen right now, in my opinion. But the biggest thing from this game, biggest takeaway, is how they continue to use Justin Fields in the running game. I believe he had t- 12 rush attempts or something like that, two games in a row with uh, high rush attempts. They're really focusing on him. It's really opening up the offense a lot more. And they've had their two best games back-to-back this season now with Eberflus, the head coach, and really this offense kind of emerging a lot more with Justin Fields despite the lack of weapons. And is that something you think they're going to continue to use Justin Fields in that capacity? or I, I would hope so. I mean, you look at him. He's one of the more athletic quarterbacks of all time coming into the NFL. Yeah. They talk about it all the time, even during the broadcast, how similar stature to Cam Newton, similar play style. He has a giant arm, and he has great plays, great athleticism he could do in the running game. And you've, sh- you've seen that the yep. last couple of games. Yep. Uh, they need to continue doing this. That's the player that he is. Get him some weapons. Get him some more offensive linemen in the future. But this team is definitely not a a low team. They're not a bad team. I think they're a better team right now than the Detroit Lions. Despite the injuries that the Lions have had, the Chicago Bears, I think, are trending up, and they're looking like a much better team with how they're actually using Justin Fields now. Yeah, and I'd say the as we move into our divisions, the ones to look at are still – you want to keep your eyes on the AFC East and the NFC East. The Bills at five and one, Jets at five and two, Dolphins at four and three. Patriots are right there behind them. It's very close. Uh, Eagles continue to lead six and zero, oh, six and one, Giants five and two, Cowboys, and the Commanders are, are right there as well, a few games behind. Again, the ones that are too close to call and will probably be the rest of the year. Uh, the South, the NFC South and NFC West. Those those teams are all just going to keep doing what they're doing. It's going to make it really hard. Um, and the Vikings are still looking like they've got a two-game lead right now over the Packers. It's been a while since they've had that kind of lead. So all these divisions up in the air, um, even the Broncos and Raiders, we know in their own division, who are three games behind, are never too far behind in the AFC West. All right, we're going to take a quick look inside the stats. As you know, we like to just give you some of the stats and look a little deeper from some of the information from this past week's games. Josh, who are our leaders currently from the past week? Yep, so overall we have the quarterbacks. Pat Mahomes taking lead with Josh Allen on bye. He has 2,159. Joe Burrow, 2,097. Justin Herbert, 2,009. Matt Ryan, rest in peace, buddy. You're at the top (laughs) here this week, but not going forward. 2,008, one yard behind Justin Herbert. Josh Allen, 1980, still holding on despite the bye week. Rushing leaders, the top two guys have been the top two guys all season. Nick Chubb, 740. Saquon Barkley, 726. Josh Mm -hmm. Jacobs, 633. It's interesting because he's already had his bye week versus the other two guys. He could be higher than the other two guys, arguably, if he did not have his bye. So he's having a great season so far. Derrick Henry, 536. Welcome back. And Lamar Jackson, once again, top five again, 510 yards. Receiving leaders, we have two Dolphins once again. Tyreek Hill, 773. Stefan Diggs, 656. Justin Jefferson, 654. Jalen Waddle, 621. Cooper Cup, 607. Stefan Diggs, Jefferson, and Cup have all had their bye week. Still in the top five going forward as well. The defensive stats now. We have Roquan Smith, the linebacker leader, with 78 tackles. Zaire Franklin for the Colts, 73. Jordan Brooks, 73. C.J. Mosley, 70. And Foye Luakon, 70 as well. He led the league last year. Sack leaders. We saw Matt Judon. I think he had two or three sacks, or two or two and a half or three and a half sacks in that game mm-hmm. against the Chicago Bears. He's now the leader because of that game. Eight and a half. Nick mm-hmm. Bosa with seven. Michael Parsons with seven. Alex Highsmith with six and a half. And Von Miller once again with six. 
We look at the interceptions leader. Not a ton going on here. I think it's actually the same list from last week. Mm-hmm. Jordan Poyer, four. Tariq Woolen, four. Darius Slay, three. LaMarcus Joyner, three. And Von Bell with three as well. Yeah, it's it's. I, I noticed too, like all the, the criticism from my guy Diggs in Dallas, but uh, he's been coming around playing some very good coverage and had a couple picks to boot. Yeah, so. he's he's definitely had his best coverage games of his career this year. So we hopefully to, the picks will come. We need to keep calling him out. I think he's yeah. had two picks in the last two weeks. Yeah, so he's on pace. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate that. Uh, let's look at our locks and upsets. Of course, Caleb's not here in the guys without helmet studio, so we're going to just give you ours. Uh, man, there's a bunch of games that are easy locks, in my opinion. For example, and this is not my lock, but Jacksonville, they're at home playing against Denver without the starting quarterback, should be a lock. Uh, Atlanta, playing at home uh, against a backup quarterback, should be a lock. Dallas, I mean, nine and a half right now over Chicago. I think that's a bit high. Uh, but my lock of the week, I'm going to give you Buffalo and Green Bay. Because not just because they're ten and a half point favorites at home, but because Aaron Rodgers thinks that the Bills are going to expose them. No offense, Aaron, you've been exposed all season, and your attitude's not helping this team. So that's I'm giving Buffalo the lock because of that reason. What's your lock, Josh? Yeah, for me, it doesn't really. I don't really feel good about this one. Obviously, with what <laughs> happened on Monday night, but I'm going to pick the Patriots over the New York Jets. They're favored as of now. That might change with the yeah. streak that the Jets have had, yep. and how the Patriots obviously played on Monday night, but. The reason is Zach Wilson. We've seen that they've the Jets have heavily relied on their defense and heavily relied on their running game. We know that the Patriots really just play the game. They don't really take risks. I know Bailey Zappi's been taking big shots and big risks, but that's traditionally not the Patriots, so we're not going to be looking at a lot of turnovers for them on offense projected against this defense. But Zach Wilson, without his running game, he has just not been a good passer the last couple of weeks. I'm not going to talk about his career, but what we've seen recently, he, could. Uh, he did have a relatively decent passing game against the uh, the Steelers, 252 yards, largely from a dump off to Brees Hall. I believe that was 70 yards or so, mm-hmm. but one touchdown. Next game, 210. Uh, the next game, 110. The next game, 121. Zero touchdowns in all three of those games. He has not produced well at all as a passer, and we'll see how exposed he is without his top running back, who has been targeted a ton in this offense. The Patriots have 20 sacks this season, that gives them fifth. And they're seventh, or sorry, they have seven interceptions. They're seventh ranked in that stat as well. They have a larger time of possession. There's just a lot of things focused on the Patriots to take over this game over Zach Wilson. We know that Bill Belichick hates the Jets, and we know that Zach Wilson hasn't produced well against the Jets. He's had his worst games, or sorry, against New England. He's had his worst games of his career against New England the last year. So we'll see going forward. I think this is just a very good bounce back game for the New England Patriots and Mac Jones. Yeah, let's move over to an upset. Now, anyone who listens to the show knows I am a Cowboys fan, very proud, I bleed blue, but I think uh, the Giants, who are not currently favored to beat Seattle at home, that whole 12th man thing, I think the Giants will beat Seattle. Uh, I'm not believing Seattle yet. Maybe I'm just dumb. (laughs) I don't believe in uh, the Giants either, but I think they're better coached, and I think they'll be prepared for this, and if the Seattle Seahawks are going to get exposed, this we'll see. Also, let let me pair it, let me qualify it by saying this i think they'll upset the seattle at home if they don't it goes back to our point about having a soft schedule because right now the seattle team is unproven but there's a lot of hype who's your upset for me once again don't feel great about this one but (laughs) i think this is a very beatable team i think i'm going to pick the cardinals over the minnesota vikings uh once again vikings i think are a very beatable team you look at the their last game before the bye week was the miami dolphins Mm -hmm. they won 24 to 16 without tua and it was with Skylar Thompson starting the game, getting injured in quarter two or quarter one at the end of it. 
and Teddy Bridgewater going in. So it was all over the place for the Miami Dolphins with the quarterback situation. They barely won. 24-16, it looks relatively misleading, but it was a 50-yard touchdown from Dalvin Cook at the very end of the game. They've just been a very beatable team, in my opinion. And I think the Cardinals, they have a lot of things favoring them. Uh, Surprisingly, points scored per game, they're very similar. 22.3 for the Cardinals, 23.2 for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, They have had a slightly better defense as well, but there's more yards per game for the Cardinals. They're top five in time possession with the Minnesota Vikings being last. And uh, defense has been relatively similar Mm -hmm. aside from sacks for the Cardinals. They have six less, I believe. But uh, this is a very similar team, in my opinion. I know the Cardinals have not been good. Obviously, you look at how the records have played out. The Vikings have only lost once, and the Cardinals lost four times. But I think this is... Very beatable team for the Minnesota Vikings. Very similar teams. And these this is a very different offense with DeAndre Hopkins back. It gets forced to him. He's the biggest playmaker, playmaker on this team. Mm-hmm. And he's the top receiver in the league, obviously. So it really changed this team. I think they were 8-0, 9-0 with DeAndre Hopkins in the lineup last year. And they completely fell on their face last year. And they scored 40 points against the Saints last week. I think this is a great time for them to t- finally trend up with the DeAndre Hopkins as well as James Conner likely coming back in this game. So before on our abbreviated episode this week, before we dive into talking about the uh, the matchups for Week Eight, I just I want to talk to Josh one on one. We're going to do this kind of like a buy or sell. Uh, I really just want to get some feedback from him with free agency ending essentially November first. We've seen people like McCaffrey go, and we know the Bears just traded Quinn away today and uh, recently in the news. And there's some guys. I just Josh, I want to ask you not so much buying or selling, but I'll give you a player, and you tell me if you think he'll be gone by the deadline. And we'll do this kind of like our buy or sell segment before we close with our week eight wrap up. Um, Cam Akers, uh, Los Angeles been talking about getting rid of him seemingly, maybe the whole season. Is he going? Is he staying or going? I'm going to say he's going to be gone. Uh, I think his. I think the problem there is he wants to play and be the number one clear running back. Uh, I mean, we don't know everything about the situation, but they've given him every single chance to be the starting running back, mm-hmm. despite Daryl Henderson playing relatively well when he gets the starting job. And we know that he played. he's played decent last year when Cam Akers was hurt as well. So there's a lot of pressure on Cam Akers. He just never lived up to it. And it looks like they've been shopping him. I know he's not worth as much as they want, but he's likely going to be moved, in my opinion, maybe to someone that's been on the coaching staff previously, maybe to the uh, Vikings or something like that with how Madison's contract's playing out. So I think he's going to be moved. Uh, if he's not, I don't think he's going to be playing, though. So I think Kyron Williams, the rookie, will play over him going forward if he does remain. Uh, there's been some talks in Denver about moving Bradley Chubb. Staying or going? Uh, I think he's going to be gone. Uh, maybe not this deadline, but I'm just going to say gone. I think he'll be gone, especially after this season. they got to pay him. He hasn't played especially well consistently. He's playing pretty well this year. I think he's in top 10 in sacks right now. Mm-hmm. He's been playing pretty good. But uh, for, for basing it off of his career so far, he's not sure. been consistent at all. He's been injured off and on. He's not been the player that they drafted. Uh, him to be obviously as a top edge rusher pick I think he'll be gone uh, maybe not in the next few weeks but at, towards the end of the year or after the season I think he will be okay how about the Miami Dolphins and tight end Mike Gusecki I think it's something that will happen after the year okay I th- they have Reliance and Hunter Long and other guys on this team uh, Hunter Long's been injured but we'll see tight ends generally don't take or generally aren't fast at producing in the NFL it takes them a couple of years so uh, we'll see. They talked about it before the season how Mike Gusecki has really only been a wide receiver in the NFL, and they're really trying to get him uh, to establish himself in the blocking game consistently with to know how the offensive works. Mm-hmm. How the offense works on the Niners is how they try to deploy it on this team with the 
uh, Miami Dolphins as well. So they need him to block a lot more. That was the biggest discussion yeah. of him. So I think I don't think he'll be moved right now, but his contract expiring, I think he'll hit free agency after this year. You mentioned teams looking for receivers still on their rookie deal. Is Pittsburgh going to move Chase Claypool? Um, I think there's a big chance that he gets moved. I think the Chicago Bears or the Packers, obviously they've been begging for wide receiver over there. Uh, I mean, he's he's pretty bad at tracking the football in the air, surprisingly. He's pretty good with the ball in his hands. That's why they give him the rushing plays and the goal line. He's pretty good with the ball in his hands overall, but I just think as a wide receiver, yeah, it's it's pretty bad there. It feels like he's always jumping and falling on his back. He or his plays butt. so small for a six foot four yeah, inch receiver. Yeah, he does. You know? So, um, I don't know if anyone's going to pull the trigger on a trade there for him, but I would not be surprised. I'm just going to say no. With rookie uh, Brian Robinson kind of taking the lead in Washington, will Antonio Gibson be gone? Uh, I'm going to say no as well. I think he he's had he's played his best football. He's had his best runs, his most explosive runs as the number two back for this team. So mm-hmm. maybe they get him more involved, more so over the J.D. McKissicks and other guys mm-hmm. on this team, the Jonathan Williams or Jarrett Pattersons. Maybe they don't get those guys involved at all, but maybe a split carry. He's been very explosive as a number two, and that was kind of always his problem with for me in the NFL as he's this four three nine guy, the super athletic guy coming into the league. But in the league as the starting running back, he looked like he was playing very slow, kind of over-processing maybe, or very slow to process things as a running back. But as a number two, the lane's open and he's just gone. So he looks a lot better, and I think they're going to want to do and keep going forward. They want to keep this one-two punch with Robinson and Gibson going forward. Let's move to the other side of the ball. Although he's been the 2019 Defensive Player of the Year, and he's still under contract for a year, do the Colts move Stephon Gilmore? Um, I would say no. They just got him this off season. Um, and I think he's he's playing. I think he's their best corner right now. I love Kenny Moore, but he's just not been or is not sustainable from last season to be as good as Stephon Gilmore. So I think it's a good place for Gilmore. He's been playing super well. I think they're going to keep him. They need someone on this defense that isn't injured as well. So I think he's going to remain there. My big fantasy question: Are the Broncos going to move Melvin Gordon? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think. They're, they're trying to manufacture this split backfield. Obviously, Melvin's been splitting a backfield for several years now, and obviously Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, prior to injury of Javante, was still splitting heavily. And Melvin Gordon was more so the starter over Javante last year, especially, and in the couple of weeks this season as well. And it looks like they're trying to get Mike Boone involved too, but this is just, they're trying to run a committee. Uh, they're not really going to give him the starting role, but if he's really angered enough, he'll be moved and he'll ask for that trade, but I don't think that he's going to want to be moved. I think they'll finally give him the touches. I mean, he had, what, 11 carries for 50 yards last week. I know Latavius Murray had the touchdown, but he had like a similar amount of carries for 25 yards or so. So I I think he's the best back on this team. I think he's been underperforming. He's had a couple of fumbles as well, uh, but more so than he generally does. But I think he'll be the starter going forward. I think they'll assure him that as well. All right, final one, also a running back. He seems to be highest. I saved the best for last, but Cleveland Browns move Kareem Hunt. I, I would say yes. I think I, his cap hit for them going into the season, if they traded him, I think it would they, would they didn't even have to pay him if they traded him anything. So they would just have to trade him straight up, and I don't know how much they paid him so far this season, but the last two games, I think he's had 11 total touches. The last two games, that is not a 50-50 split with Nick Chubb. I know Nick Chubb's playing very well right now, and he is a top running back in the league even the last couple of seasons leading the league. I think he was second in rushing the last couple of years behind Taylor and Henry and so forth. But he's had every chance the last couple of years 
to really emerge and hold on to that number two spot. And right now, with the draft pick of Jerome Ford and the extension of Dearness Johnson, it looks like he's losing that number two spot with how much the price tag is on him. So yeah. he hasn't been producing a ton other than the first few weeks. I think he had six carries for five yards or something like that and a touchdown last week. So he's not been super productive. He isn't really super productive the last couple of seasons as well. Uh, he's just he's worth too much. And I think that someone like the Rams will be calling for him to potentially start for them going forward. So I think it's too expensive to hold on for the Browns. They have a lot of names in that backfield with Nick Chubb. And they, I mean, even then, they don't need to split. They can rely more on Nick Chubb like they have the last two games. So it's looked like the trend looks like they're going to be moving on from. Yeah, and the thing is, is it's impossible to predict these things. But there's some players that have said outright that they want to be moved. So we're going with some of those. So, all right. Well, I figured we'd switch it up a little bit yeah. on this abbreviated episode. So final thing, let's take a look as we always do a week eight schedule. Uh, KC and Chargers are on by. Looks like the only two teams on yep. by. A couple division rivals to look out for. So you definitely want to check out Carolina and Atlanta. Uh, I would say you definitely want to check out New England and uh, the Jets as well as Titans-Texans. Um, and then the final division, well, there's two more. There's San Francisco and L.A., Bengals-Browns. Now, I always ask you guys the question, Josh, I'll ask you this week. What's the game that most excites you on this schedule? Yeah, I, th- I, I like the Thursday night game a lot, the Baltimore Ravens and the Buccaneers. Uh, relatively two disappointing teams the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. If you've had Lamar in fantasy the last four weeks, I think, I mean, you started off the season with 30, 45, 45, almost 50, those two games back-to-back, and that's been like 15, 10 last week, the last four weeks. So it's been disappointing overall for them. They lost to the Giants. It's been close, disappointing games. And the Buccaneers, obviously, if you're a Bucks fan, I'm sorry. It's been terrible to it's, watch. It's, but yeah. I think this is finally going to be an exciting game. Uh, I think this is going to be a great game, passing game for the Buccaneers against this uh, injured Marcus Williams uh, Baltimore Ravens team. There's a chance that Marlon Humphrey misses this game as well. But I think this is going to be a good passing game overall. Lamar Jackson tends to just play his best game against the hardest defense for whatever reason. Uh, and he's traditionally been pretty good in the spotlight as well. So I think this is going to be a great game for the Bucks. They know their situation. They're still the favorite in this division 100% with how the division is right now with the Dennis Allen Saints, the Carolina Panthers on with Steve Wilkes as the interim, as well as the Atlanta Falcons and that team. So they're clearly the favorites right now, albeit they're still tied with the Falcons for this record and only one game ahead of the Carolina Panthers. But I think they're finally going to do something. Tom Brady knows the stakes, and I think that this offense, I know that it's an injured offensive line, no Gronk, no A.B., but... They've got to step up. Everybody on the team knows that. They're angry mm-hmm. from last game, if you listen to them. I mean, they're angry every single game, but more so in this game afterwards losing to the Panthers. So I'm very excited for that game. I uh, didn't mean to talk that much about the preview for that game. <laughs> but, but I am. it should be a good game. I'm very excited for the Cardinals and the Vikings. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I two, hope so. Two similar scoring teams. We'll see the Cardinals, hopefully, if they're more exciting with DeAndre Hopkins. I know it's 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 crazy to say that they're that much different with one wide receiver. Uh, but they really have been that different with one wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, the last two years. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Josh, I want to ask you as you look over the schedule. I said that we can learn a lot about Seattle and New York Giants based on who wins. Is there any other games up there that you see that we can learn a lot with a win or a loss? Oof, that's a tough one. Like I also think, for example, we should learn um, a lot about Jacksonville playing a backup quarterback. This should be Jacksonville's chance to pull one out at home. They're favored. Yeah. I mean, it's. I think they're playing in London, actually. So that is that is technically home. I believe their owner owns that stadium as well. Yeah, but it is technically surprised. home, just like it was technically home for the Packers a couple weeks ago. 
Um, I'm excited to see. I mean, the ja- the Jags' problem isn't the quarterback play. The Jags' problem isn't the running back play now with Travis Etienne establishing Emerging, himself. Yeah. yeah, I mean, people didn't give him enough time. On it, obvious or honestly, uh, I mean, it's basically basically his rookie year. Yeah. I mean, he got beat out for the job the first couple of weeks. But James Robson, I think he had one rush for zero yards. But last Etienne week. was done. I mean, before yeah. he got started. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I mean, I understand it's underwhelming yeah. with the injury and how it started, but. This is a very beatable Broncos team. We know that. I think what they score six point nine points, was something Dismal. like that, last week Dismal. with Brett Rippon. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson's going to be starting in this game, I believe. Uh, they always they kept talking about it how he stretched and worked out on the plane. Russell Wilson, yeah, lying there for four hours. He keeps like going that. back and forth. First, I heard he was ruled out because he had a torn hamstring. Um, <coughs> I can't. I can't tell you. They're yeah, they're playing. I, with I think. Us. I think the plan is he's going to start. I think he feels better than last week, as they said. He's been stretching. I, I've I've saw this a couple of times, so that's the only reason I'm talking about it. How he stretched on the plane for four hours or something like that. He's trying to get ready for this game. He's more than likely going to be ready for this game. Uh, the Jags they they've been a pretty good team in my opinion. I mean they lost by a yard last week against the Giants, as you can argue. Uh, I mean you just look at what the weapons that Trevor Lawrence has. He's really done a lot with his weapons right now. And if you have him in fantasy, I believe he is a top ten quarterback, maybe QB nine something like that. But you look at, I mean, Christian Kirk was essentially cut from the Cardinals. They got him. They paid him, I believe, 17 mil a year or something like that. And, I mean, that that's the premier player in this passing game is a cut wide receiver who has not been productive in the NFL the last couple of years. And you look at Zay Jones, a cut wide receiver from two different teams getting paid money to be the number two on this team. I mean, we're asking a lot from Trevor Lawrence with very minimal talent in this offense. I understand they've been good with Trevor Lawrence. It's I think it's because of Trevor Lawrence. But you also look at the addition of Travis Etienne. He's not a great wide receiver. They try to make him a great wide receiver, as in giving him a lot of routes, giving him a lot of targets. He can't catch the football. He's great with the football in his hand. He's great in the open field. He has a lot of large plays. But targeting Travis Etienne has been a disappointment in terms of his reliability with his hands. But I, the Jaguars are just a very exciting team for me. I mean, they're always on at 1, one o'clock for the most part. Yeah. They always have big plays. They're always in every game right now. So the future is definitely bright for them. And with how the bye week and how the season schedule for the Broncos is after this game, if they get rolling in this game, get the bye week for Russell Wilson, their schedule really opens up, and we really get to see if Nathaniel Hackett and this offense can improve going forward. Yeah, I I'm I'm looking as you're talking on to some of these other games. I th- I think we can learn a little bit, a little bit uh, about Washington and the Colts because both these teams are essentially moving in with backup quarterbacks. Yep. But we can find out because it looks like they're both going to end up sticking with these backup quarterbacks for a little bit. You can't learn anything from San Fran and the Rams because it seems like they just continually beat up on the Rams. Yeah, and I think I feel like the Rams are going to come out from this bye week prepared for this game. Hopefully. Hopefully very prepared for this game. Uh, we know Cooper Cup is arguably the number one wide receiver uh, last year especially, but this year as well. We'll see if they can really attack these 49ers team. They know Cam Akers isn't in their lineup anymore, and Daryl Henderson's played relatively decent against the Niners in the past. And we, as you said, the Niners traditionally have beaten the Rams with Sean McVay versus Kyle Shanahan the last couple of years. We'll see if the addition of Christian McCaffrey is a big difference maker for this offense, because if it's not then they're not a much better team with Christian McCaffrey obviously. I don't think he played uh I don't think he played a third down at all last week. Obviously 48 hours to get adjusted to the game, but yeah. 
it's it's hard for that situation as well. So I think to me the favorite team should be the Niners, but I feel like the Rams are going to come out of this bye week ready to play the 49ers this time. I don't. I don't we think say that every time. I don't we? think they've had a chance after the bye to play the Niners though. Games I feel like if we miss, we don't really miss anything. Uh, the Bills should devour Green Bay, especially yeah. the state. <laughs> That'll end up being a Packers win. Yeah, the Eagles Somehow. should devour Pittsburgh, even though Pittsburgh's defense yeah. likes to show up even though they don't have J.J. Watt. Yeah, I mean, the the, the running game for the uh, Steelers that we talked about has been very inefficient uh, with Najee Harris, and it's going to continue in this game as well. The, the Eagles' defensive line is very stout, very good, and they obviously got the addition of Robert Quinn from the Bears as well earlier earlier this week. I believe they only took him a fourth-round pick or something like that to get Robert Quinn. Relatively cheap, but this defensive line gets better, and that pressure on Kenny Pickett in this game is going to be pretty extreme, and we'll see because the receiving threat for this team, I mean, they have decent yards. Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth, they're getting decent yards, but one touchdown score for Fryermuth, one touchdown score for all the wide receivers in the receiving game. So they're going to have to pressure uh, Kenny all game, and it could be a very big lead for the Eagles early if the Steelers can't get anything done early on. The only other game that Vegas wants us to believe is a shoe-in win is Dallas at 9.5 currently. Yeah. So you have Dallas, Philly, and Buffalo all with 9.5 or 10.5. So got a couple games, but I think they're going to be games. Uh, the, the Falcons game looks like they're up 6.5 over Carolina, but hey, we don't know what to expect from Carolina because they're playing on borrowed time and we don't know who, who they are. Yeah, I mean, and it looks like the game plan for the Falcons doesn't change no matter what because they're getting absolutely rolled over by the Bengals scoring 50, 40, <laughs> 60 yard touchdowns back to back to back. Yeah. They, they just ran the whole game. I mean, Marcus Mariota's running a ton. I know they have Huntley and Algier who are not great running backs. Obviously one being a rookie, they're just not great running backs, but they're going to keep forcing them, keep forcing the running game. Marcus Mariota's throwing like 15 times a game. So it doesn't matter if they, if they get beaten up against the Panthers, like the Panthers did to the Bucks last week, it looks like they're just going to keep running for whatever reason. Well, there's sure to be more players being moved, as I mentioned. Quinn just got dealt from the Bears. Uh, who did he get dealt to? Eagles. Eagles made and Guys, this is a team, the Eagles, that still have like six draft picks next year. Yeah. Like they're loaded. And they have multiple firsts. Yeah. So, I mean, watch out for the Eagles. They're definitely doing things well. But I say this uh, because we only have a few more days because Halloween is on Monday, and then the trade deadline ends on the 1st. So it'll be an exciting weekend, uh, not just because of players um, playing, but they'll be shifting around. So make sure that you go to our Instagram page at guys without helmets, find us. Uh, we post late breaking news as it breaks, you know, that's right there on Instagram live. Cause we only record the show as you know, once a week and next week we will be back and we will talk about week eight and we will preview week nine as always. So thanks for checking in. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please tell a friend and help us spread the word. We've set up our online shop at guyswithouthelmets.com where you can get your own guys without helmet gear. We also post a weekly video on YouTube, so please stop by and give us a like and subscribe to our channel. Finally, if you want up-to-date information and news as it breaks, please follow us on Instagram. As always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Guys Without Helmets.